You are on the line, live on ESPN, 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports, 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports, Central Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Hour number one officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn Opelika area and on Fox Sports, Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga on the line. The show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're doing well on this Monday afternoon june 13th 2022 sun is shining some clouds in the sky humidity is extremely high man it's just it's the dog days of summer now as we are in the middle of june here in the state of alabama so hopefully you're doing well hope you had a great weekend good to be back here on this monday edition of on the line We've got a lot to talk about today. Lots of baseball talk today. Uh, Got a couple of guests coming on their usual Monday slots. We have Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central. He'll be on at 2.30 in his normal Monday 2.30 slot. He'll be on to talk about everything going on in the world of Alabama athletics. And then at 3.30, we'll have Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. He'll be on at 3.30 to tell us everything that happened over the weekend with Auburn baseball, plus what to expect tonight from a big-time Game 3 against Oregon State. The Tigers taking on the Beavers tonight in Game 3 of the NCAA Super Regionals. So Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network will be on at 3.30 in hour number two here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Great show on tap for you today. If you want to call in, be a part of the show and give me your thoughts, opinion, uh, questions, comments, concerns, anything on your mind in the sports world, I'd love to hear from you. Call in, be a part of the show. And the number to get you through to me is 334-321-1390. That number again is 334-321-1390. Lots to talk about today. 82 days away from the college football season. That's right, 82 days away away from September 3rd when Auburn football will kick off the 2022 season. And look, Auburn had nine guys come on official visits this weekend. Hopefully uh, we can get some updates on that here throughout the week. I'll try to get some guests on so we can talk about what happened with those visits over the weekend for Auburn football. But look, 82 days away from September 3rd. It's the countdown to 75 days, then it's the countdown to 50 days, and then it's the countdown from then on. And, you know, you've got SEC Media Days coming up in about a month from now, so a lot going on in between now and then uh, until the college football season kicks off. But before we can start talking about college football, we've still got college baseball to talk about. That's right. The NCAA Super Regionals uh, have been going on all weekend long. And there's still, uh, there's still some action to be completed. Two games will be going on today. 
Auburn and Oregon State, and then UConn and Stanford. Those are the two games that have extended into Monday, but there's been a lot of action from Friday until last night. So we're going to talk about all of that here in the first couple of segments before we head to the phones and get with Joey Blackwell uh, of Bama Central at 2.30. So again, call in, be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. What are your thoughts on Auburn baseball's performance over the weekend? What's your thoughts on the game tonight for Auburn? What do you think they need to do? Do you think they'll win tonight and move on to Omaha? What about some of the other results around college baseball? What about the SEC showing its dominance as they are moving on uh, quite a few teams into Omaha from the Super Regional? So, again, call in. Be a part of the show. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. But when you talk about and start looking at some of the scores from the Super Regionals, we'll start on Friday when everything got underway, I gave my pick last week, and I did okay, I guess. I did okay. I didn't do great. I did not do great on my picks, but that's what's so crazy about college athletics. That's what's so crazy about college baseball and baseball in general, right? Baseball, we talk about this. It really is anybody's game, unless the talent gap is just so much is so separated right if there's such a difference in between the teams then yeah you can make a legitimate prediction but in a super regional round like this it really is anybody's game and I think that's what makes it so exciting that's what makes every single game count every inning every pitch every out all of that every single one matters because in the game of baseball and at this far into the postseason It all matters, and it really is anybody's game. But you look at the four games from Friday. East Carolina beat Texas in Game 1. Oklahoma with the upset victory over Virginia Tech in Game 1. Notre Dame with the upset over Tennessee in their first game. And then Texas A&M with their win over Louisville in Game 1. Then you move on to Saturday where there was a lot of action going on. Arkansas with their upset win over North Carolina in Game 1. Virginia Tech evened it back up with Oklahoma in Game 2. Texas even their series up. Tennessee did the same thing. A&M, they beat Louisville in both games. They they won. They moved on, did A&M. And I thought Louisville, I picked Louisville to win that series because I felt weird about this Louisville team, but give credit to Texas A&M. They came out, they did what they had to do, and they t- they handled business. They took care of it. A&M in two-game sweep of Louisville. Of course, Auburn on Saturday night, they got... They got the job done 7-5 to five in their first game. We'll talk about that a little bit more in just a second. Again, Tennessee evened their series up on Saturday. Ole Miss, they blanked Southern Miss 10 to nothing in their first game. And then UConn, a big-time upset win over Stanford 13-12 to on Saturday. Then you move into yesterday's games. This is where the series were decided or pushed to the brink. Arkansas, they beat North Carolina yesterday. They move on in a two-game sweep. Oklahoma, they beat Virginia Tech. They move on with the upset. Ole Miss, they blanked Southern Miss yet again, 5-0. They are moving on with a two-game sweep. Then Texas, they take care of East Carolina, 11-1. They are moving on to Omaha. Stanford last night, they extended the series 8-2 in that, in that game. Game three will be tonight. And then the big one. Right, the, the two big games, the massive, massive upset yesterday. Notre Dame takes down Tennessee 7-3. to They move on to Omaha, 
And the number one ranked team in the country, the Tennessee Volunteers, they go home. That's right, Notre Dame. They beat Tennessee, send them home packing. And what was the biggest upset of the entire tournament? And then, of course, Oregon State last night defeating Auburn 4-3. to We'll talk about that game a little bit more as well. But when you look across the Southeastern Conference, very, very well represented so far in Omaha. You have Arkansas moving on in the College World Series, Texas A&M moving on to the College World Series, and Ole Miss moving on to the College World Series. There were five Southeastern Conference teams in the Super Regionals. Three of them have moved on. One of them has been sent home, and one of them, being Auburn tonight, will try to win and be the fourth SEC team to move on to Omaha. If you would have told me last Friday that, hey, on Monday, three out of the five teams are going to move on to Omaha with a possible fourth. Tennessee would not have been the team that I would have picked to go home, right? I don't think anybody would have made that pick for Notre Dame to beat Tennessee, right? I don't think that would have been the pick. Mine probably would have been Ole Miss. That would have been, or Texas A&M. Those were the two that I was worried about, but they went out and handled business and proved me 100% wrong, and good for them. I talked about on Friday, I wanted the SEC to win. I do. I want the SEC to be represented well because this is yet again another postseason that the SEC is dominating. It's another way for the Southeastern Conference to say we are better than everybody else at just about every sport, and here's why. And now they proved it. But you look at the top team, not just in the conference, but really in all of college baseball for a majority of the year, the Tennessee Volunteers, who up to this point, they looked unbeatable. They looked unbreakable. They looked just dominant in everything they did. But Notre Dame was able to slow that down. And they weren't able to control the emotions of Tennessee in every single game. And throughout the entire thing, this did go to three, but Notre Dame, they just beat Tennessee. I mean, they just they limited Tennessee to what they liked to do and give a ton of credit to the Fighting Irish. Nobody gave them any credit. Nobody gave them any chance to win this game, or win these games, rather, and win this series, but they did. And they're moving on to Omaha, and Tennessee, the most outspoken team in, in all of college baseball, they're going home, and I saw somebody say it on Twitter last night, and it, and it makes the most sense, right? When you are better than everybody else, and you're beating everybody else, and you are letting them know that you're better than everybody else, and you back it up, nobody can say anything to you, right? If, you are, if you're beating every opponent in your path, and you are just asserting your dominance, and you're also jawing about it, there's nothing anybody can say or do because you're backing it up with your play. But once you get beat and once you get knocked out of postseason play, everybody's going to dance on your grave. And that's just how it goes. That is exactly how it goes. I don't remember who said it on Twitter, but I saw somebody say that, and it's 100% true. In Tennessee's case, all year long, they have been the best team in college baseball. They've also let you know that they are or were the best team in college baseball. And everybody hated it. But they can't, you can only say so much when Tennessee is winning and they let you know, right? And they're jawing and they're talking, whatever. There's nothing you can say or do besides try to beat them. And when they beat you, they let you know. 
But when they get beat, and if you're in Tennessee's shoes, that's fine. If you want to go that route and you want to talk your talk and back it up, that's fine. But as soon as you get beat, you've got to expect that everybody's going to jump on your case, and that's exactly what happened, right? That's what happened. And that's the risk you take if you want to go that route and and be like that. That's the route you take. And look, in my book, Tennessee – it still was a successful season. They were the regular season champs. They were the tournament champs. They were one of the best teams in college baseball all season long. But they fell short of Omaha. They fell short. And you just got to come back next year. And I said this on Twitter last night. This just goes to prove. This just goes to show that, especially in college athletics, but a sport like baseball or softball, the best team doesn't always win. And that's 100% the case right here. Tennessee baseball was the best in all of college all year long. But the best team doesn't always win, folks, especially in baseball. You never know what's going to happen, and at this point in the season, it's anybody's game. So Tennessee gets knocked out. The biggest upset of the Super Regional round, Notre Dame takes down Tennessee. Notre Dame moving on to the to the uh, College World Series in Omaha. And then, of course, Auburn, right? Auburn in game one on Saturday night, they come out. I said it was the most important game, and they did. They won. They won 7-5, to five, and it was a back-and-forth game where Auburn, you know, there were times where you felt really good, and then there were also times where you didn't know what was going to happen next with Auburn. But it turned out that Auburn did exactly what they needed to do. You beat Oregon State 7-5 to five in the first game, and that gives you the chance – to win one of your next two games on the road in game one you get it done right in Auburn it was timely hitting it was bullpen that saved them in game one and they did what they had to do then you go to last night's game for Auburn against Oregon State and it was it was the two errors two throwing errors is what really set this game apart is really what was the Achilles heel for Auburn. You had two throwing errors that gave two runs to Oregon State. Auburn loses 4-3 to three in a complete game, right? Auburn lost 4-3 to three where you gave up two runs on throwing errors. Auburn played well enough to win last night. That's what hurts. And especially when Oregon State pitched their ace in Jerpy, right? He started last night. And Auburn was starting to figure him out a little bit. Remember, after about the third inning, when everybody had cycled through, when all of the Auburn hitters had cycled through, because the entire first time through, they came up swinging big time. They came up swinging for the fences and were missing, okay? They were missing. They weren't getting much contact, if any at all. But then, around the fourth inning, they started figuring it out. And that's when Auburn started putting guys on base. And that's when Auburn started moving guys around the bases and started scoring a little bit. But then the throwing errors on the defensive side, it kind of killed all momentum. And Auburn gave away runs to Oregon State, a team that is good enough to score runs on their own. They don't need you to give them runs, but they will sure take them if you give them. And that's exactly what Auburn did. And then late in the game, you saw Auburn, the hitters, get to a point where they started swinging for the fences instead of trying to get on base. And I understand you're down and it's late, right? And Auburn was the home team last night, technically, so they had last at bat. The eighth inning was where I think it had to be done. You had two, three, and four coming up, and they all were just swinging to tie the game instead of getting on base. 
And I know it's hard to have that, to not have that mindset, right? You want to be the guy that steps up there and ties up the game. You want to be the guy that, that keeps your team alive and keeps your team in it. But in that scenario, if you watch the game, you know what I'm talking about. If you are in that spot, you're not looking to tie the game. You're looking, or with one swing, rather, you're looking to get on base and take advantage of a pitcher and get his pitch count up and try to figure him out, right? That's what Auburn was supposed to do realistically, but it didn't work out. Auburn it falls short, and they lose game two, four to three. And so now here we are, right? Here we are after a 4-3 loss for Auburn. You go to a, a winner-take-all, winner-go-home game three tonight at 6-30 at Oregon State. Auburn will be the road team again tonight. And at 6-30, Auburn has a chance to go to Omaha. Auburn is in a win-or-go-home with Oregon State. And the Tigers, I think they are playing good enough to win. I think they did last night. They definitely did on Saturday. I think they did last night. As long as they do again tonight, I think they're going to win. But mental mistakes, throwing errors, errors in general, you can't do that against Oregon State. You can't do that multiple times at this point in the postseason, right? If you have one, sure. I mean, it's understandable. It happens. But you can't do it multiple times in the same game because teams are too good now to be doing and making mistakes because teams like Oregon State will take advantage of it. Teams like Oregon State score runs on those errors, and that's exactly what they did last night. They will do the exact same thing tonight if Auburn continues to have throwing errors and fielding errors and what may it. So Auburn's got to figure out a way to clean it up just a little bit, continue to hit the ball well, have the right mindset at the plate, and I think Auburn's going to win tonight. If they do those things, Auburn will win tonight. I think it will happen. We'll see how it goes. We'll continue talking about the NCAA Super Regionals and Auburn baseball's Game 3 tonight against Oregon State here on the other side of this break. We're off and running on the Monday edition of On the Line. If you want to call in, give me your thoughts about Auburn baseball or anything else going on in the sports world. I'd love to hear from you. The number to get you through to me, 334-321-1390. Stay tuned. More NCAA Super Regional uh, baseball conversations on the other side of this break. Off and running here in hour number one of the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show, continuing on talking about the NCAA baseball super regional action from over the weekend. A couple of games going on tonight, Auburn and Oregon State in game three, win or go home, and then UConn and Stanford tonight as well uh, in a win or go home both of those games will be tonight. Auburn plays at 6.30. Not sure what time uh, Stanford and UConn play. I was on the website and it didn't say, so not too sure when they play. But still continuing on with just the games and our reactions from the games from over the weekend. What was the biggest surprise to you uh, from the results from this weekend, from the Super Regionals in the baseball world for college? What was your biggest surprise? Uh, was it a player's performance? Was it a team's performance? Was it a winner uh, over somebody else? What was your biggest surprise and takeaway from the Super Regionals this weekend? I want to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's the number to put you through to me. My biggest surprise 
man, this is tough because obviously there's a couple of them, but I think my biggest surprise, it's not Tennessee, okay? I am extremely, extremely surprised about Tennessee losing and getting knocked out of the College World Series, but this is baseball, right? Those things can happen. I think my biggest surprise is is Ole Miss, and not just Ole Miss beating Southern Miss. I did pick Southern Miss, by the way. I did pick them, and that did not work out in my favor at all. But the thing that I'm surprised about in this series is Ole Miss won both games. They won game one, game two, and sent Southern Miss packing. Uh, Ole Miss on the road, by the way. But the biggest surprise is in two games between Saturday and Sunday, Ole Miss outscored Southern Miss 15 to zero. Zero. Southern Miss did not score a single run in two Super Regional games. What happened? Right? What happened to Southern Miss that in two Super Regional games and around where you are hosting the Super Regional, you don't score a single run? Not one across two games. That's multiple pitchers that you faced. You didn't score a single run. They were the only team that didn't score a run in any game. They were the only one. At least North Carolina had one run in their Saturday loss to Arkansas, but that's it. No other team got shut out in any game over the weekend except Southern Miss. Now, there are two games tonight. I don't expect either one of those teams or any of those teams in either one of those games to get shut out. So more than likely, Southern Miss will be the only team to get shut out in any game over the Super Regional weekend. What happened? Right? What happened because Ole Miss is a good team. And remember, early on in the season, they were the number one team in the country for a little bit. Then they tailed off a lot, but then they have rebounded really well and they found their, their footing and positioning and they know what they're doing and they know the type of team they are now. But their pitching is not that good, right? Was it just a, a very cold and, and off weekend for Southern Miss? I'm not sure, but what a horrible time to go cold. I mean, the absolute worst time of your season to go cold is in the Super Regional round in front of your home fans against an in-state opponent, in-state rival, and you get blanked twice. You don't score a single run, you don't win a game, and you just get swept on your home field against an in-state opponent without scoring a single run. That is tough. That is my biggest surprise from the weekend uh, from the Super Regionals. But what about you? What's your biggest surprise if you watched any of the baseball games this weekend in the Super Regional? What was the biggest surprise to you? Is it Southern Miss not scoring a run? Was it ultimately Tennessee getting beat by Notre Dame? Uh, What was it? Oklahoma upsetting Virginia Tech the way they did? Was it UConn? winning the first game against Stanford. A lot happened over the weekend. I'd love to hear from you. 334-321-1390. That's another one. When you look at it, UConn beating Stanford 13 to 12 in the first game. Look, I thought Stanford would beat UConn both games. I thought they would win game 1, game 2, call it a day. That is obviously not the case. Game 3 will be tonight between those two. But 13 to 12, that's a lot of runs especially from a UConn team that is not extremely gifted, talented on the offensive side. They've shown it this weekend. But then you've got a team like Stanford, who's the number two team in the entire Super Regional round, hosting, right? And they give up 13 runs in their first game to UConn. That's not what you're looking for. But then obviously Stanford bounced back, and they win 8-2 to last night. They'll play again tonight. 
Those are the two biggest ones that I'm surprised about. I'll tell you one that I'm not surprised about is Arkansas beating North Carolina. I thought it would at least go three games, but I I may have picked North Carolina. I can't remember, but I'm not surprised that Arkansas won because I talked about it on Friday. Arkansas had had really let themselves go there for a while, but then they figured it out, and they started to to play better, and they started to get better as a team, and here we are. Arkansas is playing their best baseball at the right time. They beat North Carolina 4-1 to on Saturday and then 4-3 yesterday on a walk-off, may you, to move on to Omaha. So look at the Razorbacks, right? Look at their programs. Their football team's on the rise. Their basketball team's got one of the best, comp- or one of the best teams and recruiting classes in the entire country, and their baseball team's moving on to Omaha to the College World Series. Can't ask for much better than that, right? Can't ask for much better than that. I talked about the SEC being well-represented in the Super Regionals and then trying to be well-represented in the College World Series. So far, they are. Out of the five teams from the Southeastern Conference, three of them have moved on to the College World Series. One of them has been sent home. And then Auburn with the chance to make it four SEC teams in Omaha, But remember Oklahoma and Texas? We talked about that as well. Two programs, two schools that will be in the SEC in just a few years. Well, look who moved on to Omaha. Oklahoma and Texas. Both of them are in Omaha. So if you want to count those just for fun, right, just for fun, out of the seven quote-unquote SEC teams that were in the Super Regionals, five of them had already moved on with a possible sixth tonight with Auburn. Tell me that Oklahoma and Texas is not going to make the SEC better across all sports because it's going to. Competition's going to rise, right? It's going to be tougher to be better in your own conference at all sports with the arrival of Oklahoma and Texas. But especially, I mean, not even just the top or, you know, the, the main three sports, but all sports, Oklahoma and Texas are going to make the Southeastern Conference that much better. But they move on to the College World Series along with Texas A&M, Arkansas, Ole Miss, and possibly Auburn. I like Auburn's chances tonight. I think Auburn wins. If they play well and they play not sloppy and they play error-free, I think Auburn wins tonight. I think they're the better team. I think they're playing better than Oregon State. And it took everything Oregon State had last night to beat Auburn. We'll see how it goes. We'll talk about it more throughout the show. Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central, on the other side of this break. He'll tell us everything going on in Tuscaloosa. Stay tuned. Halfway through hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. Heading to the phones, welcoming in Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central, the Sports Illustrated site for Alabama. Joey, I thought this Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher stuff was done and in the past, but Of course, more news has come out today. Texas A&M, they wanted Nick Saban to be fined or suspended for his comments about Jimbo Fisher. What's your reactions to this news coming out today? 
Well, you know, we already knew that. Uh, first off, thank you for having me on. <laughs> um, but, but you know, we already knew that these uh, that, that, that Texas A&M had already talked with Greg Sankey. We didn't know the specifics until, of course, on three um, used an open records request to to you know obtain the emails between Texas A&M President Catherine Banks and and Athletics Director Ross Bjork. And you're absolutely right. Uh, he said, you know, obviously Nick Saban made the claims that Texas A&M bought the players. They didn't take that very well. And so they sent an email um, to Sankey um, saying that um, Saban's comment was false and beneath the dignity of the SEC and corrosive to the fabric of sportsmanship and college football and called for him to be fined and or suspended, obviously. And, then, you know, we also learned that um, Fisher had a phone call with Greg Sankey before his, you know, kind of viral press conference, um, that, you know, that 10 a.m. press conference the day after. And um, uh, Sankey kind of warned him, you know, be really careful about what you say, and obviously Miss Fisher went out there anyways. And um, both, of course, um, Fisher and Saban were recommended by the SEC. So this adds even more depth to the story that we all were hoping would be behind us. But you know, it just keeps on developing. <laughs> And I think it's going to be a story that will continue into the football season. Obviously, when these two teams meet on the field, it'll be talked about endlessly. But in your mind, I know obviously you're an Alabama writer, but in your mind, is what Nick Saban said, was it punishable? Like, you see what I'm saying? Like, what he did and what he said. Do you think he should have been punished or maybe just like a slap on the wrist type of thing? Well, you know, he, both he and Fisher both got slapped on the wrist from the SEC. You know, obviously it wasn't any sort of actual punishment, but they did get, rep, you know, publicly reprimanded by Sankey and the SEC. I don't think, um, trying to, you know, seeing it objectively, I don't think that fake comments from either of them, you know, warranted any sorts of fines or suspensions. Um, I, you know, I, I, Saban, while, you know, he has come out and said that he shouldn't have named te- uh, any specific teams, you know, he also mentioned, of course, Miami and Jackson State. Um, he's come out and apologized for you know, saying that, but he's also doubled down on what he said that you know he, he he's not saying he's not accusing anybody of doing anything illegal. He said that many times, and you know it's it's not like he's pointing fingers at anybody in that though these guys are breaking the rules. So I don't really think it warrants any sort of suspension or fines. Exactly. Talking to Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central. That was my next question. Is what Nick Saban said wrong? Because I don't think it is. And like you said, he never said they were doing anything wrong or breaking the rules. I think he was just stating what was actually going on. Yeah, exactly. He was just stating, you know, and I, I think I've said this on your show before. Um, you know, it, he's, he's just simply pointing out the things that, you know, obviously two years ago, this would have been highly, um, you know, you know, illegal. And the stuff now, of course, is perfectly legal under NIL. And he's just talking about, he's trying to make a point for how it needs reform, not pointing fingers and saying, oh, these guys are doing things the wrong way. Just pointing a finger and saying, this is how these guys are able to do this. This is something that none of us should be allowed to do yet. You know, Alabama themselves, they have their, you know, they have the Crimson Standard, which is their own, you know, and I'm sorry, Rising Tide, which is their own uh, NIL collective. And those, of course, are popping up left and right around the country. All the schools are using it, but that doesn't necessarily mean in saving buys that it should be allowed. Talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. Joey, we're 82 days away from the college football season. We're in the middle of June, so not a ton of actual football practices going on, but you know, camps and recruiting visits and all of that going on with the Alabama football program. Uh, you know, what's, what's the word on the street? How is this team coming, uh, coming together as of right now about halfway through June? It's coming together well, you know. We, um, 
obviously, you know, the big point for Alabama this offseason is everybody's talking about their defense, particularly their linebackers and who all the returners from this year. So, of course, we haven't, you know, they're not practicing. We haven't heard anything from them, but the buzz is really, you know, loud around Tuscaloosa around this defense. And obviously, they're returning a lot of great players on offense as well. Um, so it should be a you know exciting offseason. I know we're all just kind of chomping at the bit for SEC Media Days coming up here next month. Where we'll hear from everybody you know in person, and that's certainly going to be a lot of fun. But you're absolutely right. You know it's really quiet this time of year. You don't really hear hear a lot, and uh, uh, you know that's why we have these things to talk about, like Nick Saban and Jimbo Fisher. <laughs> yeah, that definitely helps for some content for for your side and my side as well. You bring up SEC Media Days. We're about a month away from that. What are some things that you expect to hear at SEC Media Days from Nick Saban and, and then the teams around Alabama as well? Well, you know, um, <clears throat> Saban's obviously going to be asked about Fisher. We'll get that away. We'll get that out of the way right now. Um, but you know, <laughs> some of the things, some of the things that I expect to hear from you know, like I said, I think there's going to be a lot of questions about this defense and just how you know impactful these linebackers are going to be. You know, obviously they have. Dallas Turner, Will Anderson on the edge. They have Chris Braswell, Henry Toto. You have, uh, I think, a mother. Huge topic of conversation is going to be all the transfers that Alabama was able to load up on both sides of the football, um, especially with wide receiver with Jermaine Burton and, and Tyler Harrell and running back. You know, you have Jameer Gibbs, you have Eli Ricks um, at cornerback. There's a lot of really talented transfers. So I think, you know, I think another topic of conversation will probably get to speak to Bryce Young and we'll get to talk to him about, you know, what's it like coming back a year after winning the Heisman Trophy and, you know, how does he feel about his receiving core? Um, this year compared to last year because obviously Alabama lost a lot of talent last year when Jamison Williams and, and John Mechie but at the same time they had bring back a lot of returners and some really talented transfers so those are just some of the things that I'd like to hear about and hopefully we'll get to talk to Will Anderson as well and about that that really you know and how that defense is shaping up. Talking to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central Let's talk a little bit of baseball uh, for a couple of minutes. Obviously, Alabama uh, not in this Super Regional that's going on, but they do have some big-time baseball transfers that have left the program. Uh, what, what's up with that, and what you know, where are they going? Well, you know, Graham Crawford, who's from uh, he's a he's a catcher that came from Pearl River Community College. He announced that he's transferring to Southern Miss today. Didn't see a lot of action for Alabama last year, but you know, he, he he's going back to his hometown, which is Hattiesburg. So you know, happy for him and get closer to that family. Zane Denton, of course, Alabama's really talented third baseman, entered the portal today. We don't know where he's going. He hasn't made that announcement yet because he just entered today. But obviously, you know, that's a that's a big loss for, for them if he loses. But at the same time, uh, I just learned just a few minutes ago that um, Alabama landed Tennessee Tech transfer third baseman uh, Ed Johnson, who he's a native of Trussell. He actually originally signed with Auburn out of high school um, in your neck of the woods and then transferred to Tech where he spent, you know, the last two seasons um, over the course of that time, he batted 367 with 14 home runs. So kind of funny, on the same day that Alabama loses their third base, and they pick up a really solid transfer at the same position. So, you know, it's been a very, very busy baseball day. I'm glad to have somebody's report on that for us. But, uh, you know, just, uh, a, lot of, a lot of baseball stuff going on right now. And speaking of this Alabama baseball team, in a season that was up and down, it saw some highs, it saw some lows as well. What do you expect to see in the offseason for Alabama baseball? And then ultimately, what do you expect from the Crimson Tide next season on the baseball diamond? Well, you know, every year since Brad Bohannon came to Alabama, they've incrementally improved in some manner. You know, this year I think their pitching really took some strides. Um, their fielding was, uh, was far and head and shoulders above what it was last year. 
Um, I'd like to see them maintain that momentum. But I think if this team wants to take the next step, it really needs to have some bigger bats up and down the lineup. That was their shortcoming this year. Their pitching was a struggle early on, but it ended up developing and doing pretty well there near the end. So I'd like to see more consistency from the pitching. I'd like to make, see that same success as this year at fielding. And then the lineups just really need some more, you know, Brad Hand's a really big small ball coach. You know, he likes to, he likes base hits and doubles and just drive in runs that way. But when you have a bunch of guys that are, you know, batting 250, 260, that's a very hard, you know, very hard to accomplish that small ball game. So hopefully they'll bring in some transfers. They have some talented freshmen coming in as well. And hopefully the lineup will, won't be as big of a problem next season. Talking to Joey Blackwell, Alabama Central. When you look at the teams in the Super Regionals right now and the teams that are advancing to the College World Series, the Southeastern Conference had five teams in the Super Regional round. Three of them are moving on to the College World Series, possibly four if Auburn is to win tonight. And then two schools that are going to be here in just a couple of years, Texas and Oklahoma, they have moved on to the College World Series as well. What I mean, what does that add and mean for the SEC to have such good representation, not just in baseball postseason, but across the board? Well, you know, I've said this for years. I think, you know, everybody likes to talk about how the SEC is so competitive in, in football. But really, the SEC in baseball is one of the most competitive uh, sports, you know, in conferences in the country. Um, they routinely have, you know, eight, eight, eight teams or, or more even in the top 25, it's, it's really top to bottom talent. And Brad Bohannon has said multiple times that you know you can you know you can be you know the tenth team in the country and still be you know middle of the road or even in the lower half of the SEC in terms of rankings. You know, so uh, and, that, and that's very true. This SEC is loaded with baseball talent. I think, think it speaks a lot um, to the talent of the conference. And adding Texas and Oklahoma is obviously a big hit. Obviously, people focus on football and those storied programs, but Adding their, you know, their baseball programs, their softball programs, you know, they're bringing a lot to the table more than just football. And the conference is obviously, you know, still one of the most dominant in in the game, and uh, it's it's just going to keep growing when you add those two powerhouses. And I'm glad you brought up softball because obviously Alabama softball program, one of the best in the entire country. But then you look at the national championship games just a couple of, of days ago, it was Texas versus Oklahoma. And then obviously Oklahoma, who, I mean, just have one of the best teams, I think, probably of all time in college softball. Those programs are coming to the SEC in just a couple of years, right? I mean, it's just so it's yeah. so tough. Yeah, absolutely. It's the, you know, softball, but the teams are very are very solid at softball, and no doubt a lot of Big 12 fans were rolling their eyes when they saw both the schools uh, in the final. Like, oh wow, well this is great for now, but you know, in a couple of years this won't be the case. You know, they won't. I mean, they might be in the World Series. That's not what I'm saying, but they won't be Big 12 schools anymore. So uh, that I thought that was uh, quite quite ironic. <laughs> no, well, no doubt about it. Well, man, I appreciate you and your time as always. Let everybody know where they can go and find all of your Alabama coverage for Bama Central. Absolutely, they can visit BamaCentral.com. That's where me and my, you know, my, my wonderful co- coworkers uh, post all of our stories daily. And then, of course, you can follow me personally on Twitter at Blackwell Sports. I post all of my stories there, and I'm actually going to have a little profile up here in just a few minutes on Ed Johnson, Tennessee tra- Tech transfer. So, thank you for having me, Jacob. I really appreciate you. Of course, man. We'll talk to you next week, man. Have a great week. All right, you too. Bye. 
That was Joey Blackwell of Bama Central. Again, he is one of the writers for the Sports Illustrated site, Bama Central for Alabama. Make sure you go and find that uh, on, on their website at Bama Central. A lot of good Alabama coverage. And I know we're an Auburn station, but it's important to know what's going on in Tuscaloosa because I care. I know you care as well. So make sure you go and find all of his great coverage and everybody else over uh, with Bama Central. Talking about Alabama football, Alabama baseball, talking about Texas and Oklahoma coming to the conference. Again, just add that to the list. Add baseball to the list of of sports that are going to get even more competitive in the Southeastern Conference when those two teams show up. Add softball to that list as well. We know Alabama's softball program is one of the best in the entire country, and it, it is something that I want Auburn to model their program off of and try to become because I think Auburn can get there with their softball program obviously Auburn's baseball program is there they are fighting to get to the college world series that game will be tonight against Oregon State and then you look at basketball right Texas and Oklahoma not bringing as much basketball wise right now right right now but they are still competitive and they will still be tough opponents in the SEC basketball world and then obviously football right so you talk about Texas Oklahoma everybody's excited that they're coming across the entire SEC but everybody's also thinking well here we go now we got to try a little bit harder to be successful in the SEC so big thank you to Joey Blackwell of Bama Central make sure you go and find that uh, at Bama Central's website Joey Blackwell of Bama Central he's on every Monday at 2 30 when we come back we'll wrap up hour number one stay tuned We'll be right back here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Wrapping up hour number one here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Jacob Goins with you here. We've got a couple of more minutes here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama on 98.3 in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Had a phone call from General Lee. Hope you're still listening, man. I am, uh, I'm I'm going to address your phone call right now. He was asking about Auburn baseball as they have been out in Oregon, but they've had to be – they've been staying almost 90 minutes away from – from campus, from the stadium where they're playing the, on Saturday, Sunday, and then today, Auburn. In case you didn't know, Auburn baseball has had to stay. I think it was like sixty-nine or seventy miles away from where they've been playing. It's almost ninety minutes away due to a lot of other events going on in the state of Oregon. The NCAA track and field championships are out in Eugene. I think they're in Eugene. They're in Oregon, so I think that's where they're at. And so all of the hotels have been booked up, and everybody, there's a lot of people in town and in the state of Oregon because Oregon, like the University of Oregon at in Eugene and Oregon State in Corvallis, I think they're only separated by like 45 minutes. So all of the hotels in that vicinity have almost been taken up from all of the track and field stuff going on. So yeah, Auburn has been Auburn baseball that is has been staying something like 90 minutes away and having to travel back and forth to their hotel and to the ballpark and back. And he was asking if that's an advantage or disadvantage. Man, that's a straight up disadvantage. There's no doubt about it when First of all, you had to travel across the entire country. You go from the state of Alabama, from the far side of the state of Alabama, all the way to Oregon, right? You travel across the entire country. You're playing in a road environment where you don't have many fans. And then when you get there, right, when you get there, 
You can't just hop on the bus and get to your practice or get to the game five minutes in five minutes to start preparing. You got to leave two hours early to make sure you're going to get there, so you have time to prep. So I mean, before the game even starts, I mean, you've got, you've probably got to leave four or five hours before the game starts to make sure you get in your routine and everybody get, gets to do what they need to do to make sure you're ready for first pitch. And so you look at tonight's game that starts at six thirty Central Time. They're probably going to leave the hotel about 2.30, 3 o'clock today to make sure that they get there and have plenty of time to do what they need to do and be ready for the biggest game of the season. So generally, it's a huge, huge disadvantage. When you talk about paying for it, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, maybe the university, maybe the NCAA. I would say the university's probably got to pay for the travel back and forth. So I doubt the NCAA has anything to do with that. And if they did... They're, you know what? You know the status of the NCAA, and you know my opinion on that. So it's probably the university, and they probably just have to deal with it and just get what they get, and you, you know, whatever. So yeah, it's very unfortunate. It's a huge disadvantage for Auburn. Luckily, if if the Tigers were to move on to the College World Series in Omaha, that would definitely not be the case. Auburn would be able to stay in Omaha. They've got that booked for. Uh, the Omaha and the NCAA, they have that already blocked off. So that would not be an issue. I think it's just it was just really poor timing on on a super regional and the college track and field championships all going on in the same areas at the same time. I mean, you can't really prepare for that, I guess, but you know, that's just what happened. So no, it's a huge disadvantage for Auburn. But They haven't made excuses, they haven't complained about it, and they have a chance to move on to the College World Series tonight at 6.30, Game 3 against Oregon State Auburn Baseball. They're looking to make it back to the College World Series for the first time since 2019. I say that like it was a long time ago. It really wasn't. Auburn baseball on the rise as a team and as a program. You can thank the players, the coaching staff, and ultimately Butch Thompson for that. Watch out. Auburn baseball is coming. They're on the rise. I think Auburn baseball will win tonight. But, of course, we're going to talk about this a lot more here in hour number two when we come back. It's a, bis- it's a disadvantage for Auburn, but you know what? It doesn't matter. I think they're the better team. That's it for hour number one. Stay tuned. Hour number two coming up. I'll talk to you then. On the line, live on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn and Fox Sports Central Alabama on 98.3 FM in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Online on Fox Sports 983.com and ESPNAU.com. Call in at 334-321-1390 or toll free at 888-382-7502. You're on the line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports Central, Alabama. Jacob Goins with you on the Monday edition of the show. Hour number one officially in the books. You know what that means. Hour number two officially underway here on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central, Alabama on 98.3 up through Birmingham and Sylacauga on the line. The show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Hope you're doing well. 
on this Monday afternoon, Monday, June 13th. 2022 sun is shining heat is there so stay inside if you can uh hopefully you're all staying safe staying cool as there's a lot to talk about here in hour number two if you're just now joining us thank you so much if you have uh been with us since hour number one i appreciate you so hopefully you're doing well glad to be here we got a lot to talk about here in hour number two of the monday edition of on the line if you missed any of our number one make sure you go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcast we talked to joey blackwell of bama central the sports illustrated site for alabama Uh, we talked to him about some alabama football updates a little bit of alabama baseball some uh transfer portal updates from them and then got his thoughts on the news about texas a&m and alabama we'll talk about that in just a second but we got his thoughts on that and then ultimately adding oklahoma and texas to the sec what it means for all sports across the board so if you missed that conversation or any other parts of our number one make sure you go and find the podcast just search on the line wherever you get your podcast you can call in be a part of the show here in hour number two i'd love to hear from you anything on your mind in the sports world anything that i'm talking about or anything else you want to give me your comments questions concerns opinions anything you want to talk about i'd love to hear from you give me a call at the number 334-321-1390 that number again is 334-321-1390 we have a lot to talk about let's jump right into it and we'll start as we always do here in hour number two with making headlines Auburn baseball, they play game three tonight of the NCAA Super Regional against Oregon State. It is a win or go home, winner take all tonight against the Beavers as Auburn will be the road team as they were in game one. Of course, Auburn on Saturday night, they won seven to five and then turned around last night and dropped a tough game four to three against the Beavers, a game that Auburn played good enough to win besides the errors right the two errors the throwing errors uh gave Oregon State two runs and that's how the Beavers won and they they defeated Auburn four to three you take those two out Auburn wins that game and they move on to the College World Series and we wouldn't have to watch another game tonight we wouldn't have to worry about it and not that I'm not excited about it I am I'm ready to watch the game and excited to see how Auburn plays but the stress levels that I have felt with this baseball team are are extremely high and a lot higher than I've felt in a while for Auburn baseball. I don't know why. I don't know why that's the case, but watching the game last night, I was just so, in Saturday too, I was so stressed and nervous and just into it so much, like so much more than I normally am. Even in 2019 when they were making their run, I don't know what it is, but I wish Auburn would have won it last night. We wouldn't have to worry about watching this game tonight, but I'm going to enjoy it. I hope you do as well. 6.30 tonight, Auburn baseball versus Oregon State with a trip to Omaha on the line. We'll talk to Jacob Hillman here in hour number two. Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network uh, in his usual 3.30 Monday slot. We'll talk to him about the two games from over the weekend and what he expects from Auburn and Oregon State tonight. We'll get his pick and ultimately what Auburn has to do to try and win and move on to Omaha tonight. We'll talk to Jacob Hillman at 3.30. But Auburn baseball, 6.30 tonight against Oregon State. A winner to will go to Omaha. Moving on and making headlines, the rest of the NCAA Super Regional action from over the weekend. And 
You've got some series winners. You have a lot of SEC representation. Arkansas, they defeat North Carolina in both of their games. They're moving on to the Super Regional. Texas defeats East Carolina 2-1 to one in the series. They move on to the College World Series. Texas, a, um, a future SEC squad. Texas A&M, they beat Louisville in both of their matchups. FCC, they're moving on to the College World Series. Uh, Virginia Tech and Oklahoma, that series wrapped up. The Sooners upset Virginia Tech. They move on to the College World Series, a future SEC school as well. And then, of course, Ole Miss. They blank Southern Miss in two games. They outscore them 15-0 in two games. Ole Miss moving on to the College World Series. And UConn and Stanford, that, that game three is about to start right now, I believe, here on ESPN2. I've got it on the state. I've got it on the TV here in the studio. That game three is about to be underway between UConn and Stanford. And then the big one, right? The big one. Notre Dame upsets Tennessee, the best team in baseball. Notre Dame upsets the Volunteers. They move on to the College World Series. Tennessee, after their very memorable season on the field, uh, in, the, in the scoreboard, and their antics, whatever you want to say, Tennessee, they were one of the best teams all year long. They let you know about it. And they get upset in the college uh, in the college baseball postseason in the Super Regionals. They miss out on Omaha as Notre Dame beats them in Game 3 yesterday, 7-3. to And two games today, of course, UConn and Stanford, like I just said, they are about to get underway. First pitch is right now, actually, as they are officially underway. Stanford and UConn. Winner will go to the College World Series. Loser will go home. And then ultimately, Auburn and Oregon State tonight at 6.30. I was not aware that this stand. Stanford and, and uh, UConn game was going to be this early in the afternoon, but I like it. I can keep up with it here on the show, and uh, we'll see what happens. UConn, the uh, really just out of nowhere, they get to the Super Regional, and they've taken Stanford to the third game. We'll see if they can pull it off. They start with a leadoff hitter. He hits a single into right field, so the Huskies off to a great start in that third game of their Super Regional, and then Auburn and Oregon State tonight at 6.30. Moving on with making headlines, the NBA Finals, Game 5 tonight. Boston, Golden State in Golden State. The Celtics will visit the Warriors for Game 5. This series is all tied at 2. And what is probably the biggest game of the entire series as the winner tonight has a great chance to win an NBA championship. I don't think the winner tonight will ultimately win necessarily. In a couple of other series throughout this playoffs, I've said in, in different scenarios that a winner of the Game 5 in that specific situation was going to win the series. I don't know if that's the case with this series just yet because I think that, I think that Golden State can win tonight and Boston could still win the series but I think the Celtics will win tonight. I really do. I think the Celtics are going to win on the road in Game 5 tonight. And then, I've said from the beginning, I think the Celtics in 7. Are you ready for this? This is going to get crazy. Celtics win tonight Game 5. Golden State will win Game 6 on the road in Boston. And the Celtics will close it out Game 7 on the road in Golden State. That's my prediction. We sit at 2-2. Game 5 tonight. 
And coverage will start at 7 o'clock right here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika. So if you're listening, if you want to listen to the national radio broadcast, we've had the first four games. We will have the rest of the NBA Finals on the radio right here on ESPN 106.7 in Auburn, Opelika. So make sure you tune in for that. Coverage will start at 7 o'clock. Tip-off is set for 8 p.m. Central Time. Make sure you tune in for that. Should be a fantastic game. It's been a great series so far. And in my opinion, Jason Tatum for Boston has to be more assertive, has to be more aggressive. And then for the defensive side for Boston, you got to figure out how to slow down Steph Curry. They've done a great job on Draymond Green. He hasn't done a whole lot. He has more fouls than points this, this series. So you got to prevent Steph Curry from going off. you got to prevent Klay Thompson from going off. If you're looking at it from the Warriors' side, I think you keep doing what you're doing. Keep locking down Jason Tatum and make somebody else beat you. If you're Golden State playing against Boston, make somebody else beat you. It was Al Horford in game one. He beat you by himself in the fourth quarter. The old man himself, he beat you. Okay, you live with that, right? If you're the Celtics, you got to find that man. But if you're Golden State, you lock down Jason Tatum and you make somebody like Jalen Brown or Marcus Smart beat you because I don't know if they can. I'm a Celtics fan and I don't know if they can. So, That is why Jason Tatum has to be more aggressive. He has to take control tonight and in the rest of this series. Game 5, Boston and Golden State tonight, 8 o'clock, right here on ESPN 106.7. Moving on with making headlines. We thought the fiasco between Saban and Jimbo Fisher was done until SEC Media Days. Not so fast, my friend. As reports have come out that Texas A&M talked to the SEC after it after it all went down and after Saban had said what he said Texas A&M reached out to the SEC and they wanted him to be fined and or suspended they wanted Saban to be fined and or suspended for his comments about Texas A&M Miami and Jackson State and the NIL situation going on they believed that he was saying, you know, he was saying stuff that was wrong, you know, cr- and you know, criminalizing it maybe, and they wanted Nick Saban to be suspended and fined and and, and reprimanded all that, right? And it's kind of crazy because when you look at it, A&M obviously was upset, right? Jimbo Fisher was extremely upset before his press conference that he called the very next day. He talked to Greg Sankey before that that press conference. We did not know that until just a few hours ago. And then he got on there and just blasted Saban in Alabama. But yet, A&M wanted Nick Saban to be punished, basically, because they felt that what Saban was saying that he... A&M felt that Nick Saban was saying that A&M was doing the things wrong and they were breaking the rules. That's not what he said. We've had that discussion before. Nick Saban never said that anybody was breaking the rules. He was just talking about what the state of college football is and college athletics. Well, A&M didn't like it. They didn't like how Saban came after them and other schools, and they said, this guy needs to be suspended. He needs to be punished. But as we all know, the SEC is not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Why would they punish the biggest man in the conference, the baddest man in the conference, the most powerful man in the conference, Nick Saban? Why would they punish him? Why would they say, no, no, you can't do that? Because then he's going to get mad. And you can't have that happen, right? You can't have Nick Saban mad at the SEC because he's the most powerful man in the conference. He's earned that. But he is. And so 
Texas A&M knew that the SEC wasn't going to do anything to Nick Saban. They knew that the SEC can't touch him, and they couldn't touch him, and they wouldn't touch him, right? It's the same thing. We've seen this story over and over and over again. When Nick Saban wants something, it gets done. Nick Saban can say whatever he wants, and the SEC is not going to do anything about it. And I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either, right? But that's the status that he has gotten for himself in the SEC because of what he does. He wins and he brings in money. So give it to him, right? He does what he does, and he has earned that status. But Texas A&M had to know. They had to know that it wasn't going to happen. Obviously, both of them got reprimanded, but that's a slap on the wrist that says, no, no, don't do that. Don't say that, right? That's what happened. But that's it. The news came out that A&M wanted him to be suspended or fined. It didn't happen. We all knew it wouldn't. And it's fine. This needs to go. This needs to move on. This is, again, this is your backyard barbecue argument. Who cares? Who cares? Deal with it on the football field. I get why say, or why Jimbo and A&M were upset, but they didn't understand what Nick Saban was saying. Now, should Saban have said what he said the way he did it? No but he's still correct in what he said. So everybody just needs to move on, get over it, get over themselves on all sides, on all sides, get over themselves, and let's move on. And what's unfortunate is in about a month from now, when SEC Media Days rolls around, this will take center stage. Unfortunately, this will be asked by both, or asked of to both coaches by all of the media. It's going to happen. It's just obvious. It's going to happen, right? I thought it was at least done until then, but obviously not. Here we are on Monday, and we have more stuff to talk about it. It's just not that important, right? It, 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 it was an explosion by both sides. Things were said. Apologies were made. Let's move on. And so that's exactly what we're going to do. We're going to move on from this conversation. Moving on here and making headlines. Got a couple more here in this first segment The new Live Golf Tournament, or the Live Golf Tour, if you will, the first tournament was completed over the weekend. If you remember last week, we had Ben Taylor, who is the host of Dad, or a co-host, excuse me, of Dad Bod Golf Pod. He came on and talked about this new Live Golf Tour and everything you need to know about it, gave you all the information, and it has received mixed emotions I think mixed feelings mixed reactions if you will about this new tournament there were some big names in it and ultimately I think it went well of course it doesn't have any tv deals yet so you had to live stream it on youtube and the viewership that I was seeing was pretty decent wasn't anything crazy but it was decent and There were some low scores. The money that they paid out was unbelievable. It was more than any PGA Tour winner has ever received. And I think that, obviously, that is what's taken golfers to play in this league is the money. Not just just the money that they are paying them to come over, but the amount of money they win per tournament. There's no cut line, so everybody that plays gets a paycheck. And ultimately the winner it was Charles Schwartzel okay and he got four million dollars for winning the tournament solo then he got seven hundred and fifty thousand dollars for being a part of the winning team remember they have individuals and the teams in this new live tour and format and he got 4.75 million dollars for winning a golf tournament over three days not four three 
$4.7 million in three days of work. I would love that. <laughs> I would I would be in heaven if I could work for three days and get $4.75 million, wouldn't you? And so that is why golfers have gone to this tournament, but the PGA, they were able to respond really, really well with the Canadian Open, the RBC Canadian Open that was in Canada this past weekend. I think they did a great job rebounding and responding. You had Justin Thomas, and Rory McIlroy and Tony Finau all battling it out down the stretch on Sunday afternoon. Rory McIlroy ended up winning the tournament, but you had guys shooting really, really low and a lot of big names, a lot of action, and the PGA was basically, for once, for the first weekend of the Live Golf Tour, the PGA was able to say, look at us, this is why we are still the big, the big dogs as of right now. So, Credit to the PGA. They were able to put on a good tournament, but can it last? I just don't know. We're going to find out. It's interesting to see how this beef is going to go throughout the summer as as big tournaments um, approach. But you've got the U.S. Open this weekend. Tee times have been announced, so that will be interesting. And a lot of big names that are in the Live Golf Tour are going to get to play in the U.S. Open because that's not a PGA-controlled event. So a lot going on in the golf world as well. Update on this UConn and Stanford game here in the Super Regional. It's 3-0 UConn on top of Stanford. Top of the first, nobody out. UConn has jumped on Stanford early. 3-0 Huskies on top of Stanford. 3-0, top of the first, man on second, nobody out. So already uh, some fireworks in this third game between UConn and Stanford. One more headline before we take our first break in hour number two. You baseball fans on the professional side, the Atlanta Braves, they're on an 11-game win streak right now. The Braves, who were below 500, could not figure anything out for the first month or so of the season. Something has clicked and flipped and everything else. They're on an 11-game win streak right now. They are, I believe it was five games above 500, something like that. I was looking at it earlier. Let me see if I can pull their record up. They're 34-27, and 27, so they are seven games above 500 right now are the Atlanta Braves. They play Washington tonight, a team that is under 500. And you look at the, the standings, the Braves are five and a half games back of the Mets. The Mets are 40 and 22 and Atlanta is 34 and 27. I don't know what happened, but the Braves have somehow figured it out. I don't want them to go cold. Eventually they're going to lose and not be on an 11 game win streak anymore. So after that, the Braves have to figure out a way to stay consistent and not go through a big slump. That'll just wipe out this win streak. But the Atlanta Braves on an 11 game win streak, they play the Washington Nationals on the road tonight. That's it for making headlines. Let's take our first break here at hour number two. Phone lines are open. Let me hear from you. What's on your mind? There's a lot to talk about going on in the sports world. Give me a call, 334-321-1390. Let's take our first break. When we come back, I'll tell you what I expect from Auburn baseball tonight, why I think the Tigers are going to win and move on to Omaha. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Monday edition of On the Line. Welcome back into On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in the Auburn Opelika area and on Fox Sports Central Alabama in Birmingham and Sylacauga. Hope you're all doing well on this Monday afternoon. I just looked at the Weather Channel app. Okay, not an ad. Just looking at the Weather Channel app because I know it's hot outside. It is not currently in Auburn right now. It is 95 degrees, 
feels like 107. That's right. 95 degrees, but it feels like 107. That is insane. So please make sure you are drinking water, you're staying hydrated, you're staying cool. Check your cars when you leave. If you've got, you know, kids and pets or whatever, right? Make sure you're checking your vehicles. Stay cool, stay hydrated, and stay safe, man. 107 is what it feels like outside right now in Auburn. That is just unbelievable. So stay safe and stay cool out there here on this Monday in the Auburn Opelika area. We've got a few more minutes before we head to the bottom of the hour break here in hour number two. And make sure you stay tuned at 3:30. We'll be talking to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. He'll tell you every thing and kind of recap the first two games between Auburn and Oregon State plus tell you what you need to know about game three tonight as Auburn tries to defeat Oregon State and move on to the College World Series uh, so that'll be at 3.30 Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network so stay tuned for that excited to talk to him as we always do on Monday afternoons here on the Monday edition of On the Line the show that tells you like it is and hold nothing back when it comes to Auburn tonight Look, you've played well enough to win both games. You, you lost one, you won one, right? You won the first one, you lost the second one. Auburn played well enough last night to where they could have won that game. I'm just being honest. Auburn played good enough last night. They could have won. I don't want to say they should have because they did have two fielding errors that gave up two Oregon State runs. And they were both errors that I just don't think were necessary. They were throws that didn't need to happen and it cost Auburn I hope they learned from it and hopefully they can rebound tonight I think they can I think Auburn wins tonight and here's why I think Auburn's playing better than Oregon State I think Auburn's hitters are are hotter I think Auburn's hitters are better and then ultimately I think Auburn's pitchers from top to bottom are, are better and more um, thorough than than Oregon State's. Obviously, Auburn had to go up against one of the best pitchers that Oregon State has, and one of the best in the country last night, and they held their own. And Auburn had to deal with two of the best Oregon State pitchers, and yet they only beat Auburn by a run, did the Beavers. So if you're looking at Auburn and you're asking what do they need to do to win tonight, just play your game. Play your style of baseball Hit the ball, get on base, advance your runners, and then pitch well, right? Timely hits and then pitching well, not giving up silly runs, not giving up fielding errors and throwing errors and all of that. If you can do those things, if you're Auburn tonight, you have really good chances to win. You have a great shot to win this game tonight. Sure, you're on the road. Sure, you have to travel 90 minutes to just play a baseball game and you can't even stay at the hotel there in town. Sure, you don't have any fans there. Sure, you're playing against a team that's technically supposed to be better than you. But I don't think that's the case. I think Auburn is the better team. I think Auburn's playing better. I think Auburn's the better team. And I think Auburn's going to win tonight. What do you think? Do you think Auburn wins tonight? Let me know. 334-321-1390. This program is in a great spot. And it's only going to get better with Butch Thompson at the helm. You're looking at some of the kids coming in for Auburn over the next few years. This baseball team is going to continue to be good and get better, I think, is what's going to happen. But it starts tonight, man. you got to win tonight. Move on to the College World Series. Be the fourth Southeastern Conference team in the College World Series. You get back there your first time since 2019 after that memorable run. And then what's good about the College World Series is it's kind of a reset. 
right? It's kind of a reset for Auburn. If you're able to get out of this super regional against Oregon State, you go and you kind of reset a little bit and you have a whole new challenge. And just like Butch Thompson talked about the other day, it's not about just getting to Omaha. It's about winning and winning it all and being the best and being on top of the college baseball world when it's all said and done. Auburn has that mindset. And what is going to kill this team if they don't fix it tonight is their mindset when they're hitting and at the plate. Lots of times last night, it seemed like hitters for Auburn were trying to hit the home run ball and trying to send it into the woods, right? Trying to put it over the fence. You don't have to do that. There are guys on this team that can and will do that, but you got to wait on the right pitch. You saw that with Sonny DeShera a little bit. You saw it up and down the lineup at times, especially late in the ball game. You got to have you got to have the the smart mindset at the plate where you're trying to get on base and you're trying to advance runners, right? You can't more like more than likely you're not going to win the ball game with just one swing. Obviously you can at times, but Auburn Auburn takes advantage of timely hits. That's what the Tigers have to do tonight. Get guys on base, move them around, and then bring up guys like Sonny D to to send one into the moon, right? That's what Auburn has to do tonight. Have the right mindset at the plate, pitch well, rely on your bullpen. They've done really well so far, and I think Auburn wins tonight against Oregon State. I think you got to put up five runs or more if you're Auburn tonight to beat Oregon State. You're on the road. Auburn's got to put up five runs or more if they want to win tonight. But that's my take on Auburn baseball. We're going to talk to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network on the other side of this break. He'll tell you everything you need to know about the winner go home game three for Auburn against Oregon State. Stay tuned. That's on the other side of this break. Thirty more minutes left in hour number two of the Monday edition of On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Jacob Goins here with you on the Monday edition of the show, and welcoming in Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. Hillman, we've got two super regional games today, game threes with winner um, winner moving on, loser going home. The first one, UConn on top of Stanford, three to nothing in the first inning. I'm sure you've got it on. What do you think about that? Yeah, I mean, it's something that has been a trend this weekend, and hopefully it continues tonight with the Tigers as only one team that's hosted the Super Regional has advanced. Uh, So we'll, we'll, we'll see if UConn can keep that trend up and Auburn can finish it off. Well, of course, we bring you in here not for your UConn content, but for your Auburn <laughs> Tigers content and knowledge. Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network. We have game three tonight between Auburn baseball and Oregon State. But there were two games before it. Auburn beat Oregon State 7-5 to on Saturday. How did the Tigers get it done in Corvallis to steal game one? Yeah, it was a really good effort by that bullpen. I mean, just incredible pitching. Eight innings and a third of uh, scoreless baseball or until that ninth inning when Auburn already had a three-run lead. Uh, it, it was just so impressive because Trace Bright just did not have his stuff and uh, he wasn't able to get out of that first inning. But then the likes of John Armstrong, Tommy Sheehan, who got the win, Carson Skipper, and then Blake Burkhalter getting the save was just – it was just awesome to see. And uh, only allowing four hits over those eight innings was really big and only giving up uh, one run late when you had a comfortable lead. So 
you you need to see the bullpen keep it up tonight. Um, you got Mason Barnett on the bump, and uh, you get through five or six innings, you're going to be able to see Carson Skipper and Blake Burkhalter again. And, of course, Auburn baseball, they won game one on Saturday. They turn around and play another late game last night in a game where, in my opinion, Auburn played well enough to win last night if you take those two errors out that gave Oregon State two runs and and ultimately Auburn lost uh, you know, in a one-run game last night with a series tied at one apiece. What happened last night? Yeah, I mean, looking at the positive is that you had a great start from Joseph Gonzalez, and you didn't have to dig too deep into your bullpen like you did in game one. But, yeah, it, you were going up against two insane pitchers in Cooper Jerpy and Ben Ferrer, and the, the bats did okay against them. They, they did what they needed to do to win that game. Like you said, those two errors were costly and, uh, and gave Oregon State really the win. I mean, you look early on, they hit two solo home runs in the fourth inning, and then Auburn answers right back and ties the game. But then those errors come back to bite you uh, later in the game. You know, I, I think it's something that you look at the two key players on this Auburn offense, you'd have to say those are Blake Rambush and Sonny Deshera. Since Sonny Deshera hit that home run uh, in the first inning of game one, they are a combined 0 for 15. They have got to get something going and figure things out tonight, or else Auburn, uh, Auburn might be coming home from Corvallis and not going to Omaha. Talking to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. Through the first three innings last night, Auburn hitters really couldn't figure out Jerpy, but then once the fourth inning came around and the entire lineup was able to bat through, they started to figure him out a little bit. How was the lineup able to adjust last night to the pitchers, and then how how do they continue to do that tonight? Yeah, I mean, I, I look at Brooks Carlson as a key last night, and uh, hopefully to continue tonight. He was two for four uh, with the run batted in, and I think that he is a guy that we've seen him in, in flashes this year, but hasn't been too consistent. But that cannot matter if you get it going uh, at this point in the year. Brody Moore, he had a great game one as well. I think he went three for four. Uh, so that was a big deal. So I mentioned uh, Rambush and DeShera really not uh, do, doing what they've been doing all year, but you have guys that are stepping up uh, when it matters most. So, if you get a couple of hits from Rambush and DeShera tonight, I think that the rest of the offense definitely comes alive and uh, you, you, you see a good good offensive outing. So it, I really do think that the key is this Auburn pitching staff tonight. And then, you know, obviously moving into tonight's game, it's winner go home, winner take all tonight. You've been talking about what Auburn has to do, you know, offensively, defensively, on the pitcher's mound to take home a win tonight. What would it mean for the Tigers to move on to the College World Series again uh, since the first time since 2019? I mean, it, it would just be incredible because of the last two years, the way it went. 2020 obviously gets cut off before even SEC play begins, and then Last year, I mean, just a lot of those guys that seemed like they were going to develop an SEC play in 2020, they didn't get that chance, and and they struggled last year. Didn't barely made it to the SEC tournament, the last team into the SEC tournament, and uh, did not make the NCAA tournament. So you, you think about those guys, you think about guys like Brody Moore, Casey Howell, Carson Skipper, and other seniors that were on that College World Series team back in 2019, and just to get back, I mean, it, it, it's reminiscent of a little bit of football back from 2010 to 2013. There's a lot of those guys that were seniors on 20, in 2013 that made it to the national championship then had two down years, and they made it back to the pinnacle uh, their senior year. So that's kind of the comparison uh, it brings up for me. Uh, obviously, 
last year wasn't like back in 2012, but it's still just a big bounce back year. And I, I just really think that this would put Auburn solidly uh, on the college baseball map. Speaking to Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network, we had a caller ask about it, and I hadn't brought it up until until they asked me about it. What has the impact been in your mind for Auburn baseball having to stay 90 minutes away from Corvallis where they've been playing Oregon State and having to travel back and forth? Yeah, I mean, that, yeah, that's a good question. and I'm not sure it's the biggest impact because of the way uh, the sleep schedules are shifted and how late these games have been. So, I mean, I look at it as the fact that they, they're just getting to the ballpark a little bit earlier because obviously you can't leave uh, at the last minute. Otherwise, you might get stuck in traffic or something like that. So they're getting there a little bit earlier, I think, I think it was yesterday or maybe game one. Uh, Auburn was there three hours before uh, before first pitch, and it's just it just shows that they, they they know what they're doing. And Coach Thompson knew this going into the weekend that uh, it was going to be a struggle. I mean, I think there's graduation at Oregon State and at Oregon, which Oregon's a little Eugene's a little bit shorter uh, trek than what they're making right now. So it it's something that they were prepared for and uh, they got ready for it uh, before they even got to Corvallis. Speaking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, looking at the Super Regionals as a whole, what's one of the surprises, you know, results for you that you just, you know, you just couldn't believe that happened over the weekend from the Super Regional? You know, I don't, I'm not going to say I don't, I can't believe that it happened, but I look at Arkansas. That is the big one to me that uh, stands out because I think that team has the potential to win a national championship. Going into this season, uh, Arkansas was definitely in my top five teams that, uh, we're probably going to win win, uh, win a Super Regional, go to Omaha, and have a chance at a national championship. And, boy, did I feel like I was wrong towards the end of the season, them not even hosting a regional, not even being a national seed. But all that matters is you get hot at the right time and uh, you get things going late in the season. It's similar. The, tra- uh, the trajectory was similar to what I saw from Auburn in 2019. Auburn wasn't as highly ranked preseason as Arkansas was, but, you know, things weren't going well. And then, sure enough, you, you go into postseason play and, and play lights out, and that's what Arkansas has done uh, this past uh, this postseason. And what about some of the other results around the SEC? Of course, Tennessee, the team that's been the best wow, all yeah. season long, getting beat by Notre Dame. Ole Miss going to Southern Miss and blanking Southern Miss 15-0. to What do you think about a couple of those results around the SEC? Yeah, well, um, I'll, I'll speak on Notre Dame and not necessarily Tennessee. I mean, Tennessee was a, was one of the best teams uh, in the regular season ever, and I really think that uh, Notre Dame was probably under-seeded. They weren't seeded at all. They probably had a chance to host, and uh, a lot of Irish fans were uh, were up in arms about that when all the host sites were announced, and they, they really showed it. That's why they play the games is uh, you go and prove yourself, and just obviously with all the these top four seeds, potentially all of them going down super regional weekend, it's just it's just kinda wild and shows why this college baseball tournament is kinda wild. There's potential for only one of two national seeds being in Omaha, which is just crazy to me. And uh even though we see a lot of these upsets every year, it's just just not something that you would expect in a year where you have a team like Tennessee that felt like the best team in college baseball by far. And then as far as Ole Miss, you mentioned, uh, I mean, yeah, that, that's a team that was ranked number one when they came to Plainsman Park uh, mid-March. And you, when that series, you, you realize, okay, this team is really good. And then they just fell off, had lots of terrible series, getting swept by, I think, Alabama. And then 
uh, later in the season. They get things going, go to LSU and sweep them, and from there it, they've taken off. Tim Elko, I mean, he, he he is one of those players in college baseball that you look at and you're like, wow, he's a class act. And it, it, it's good to see. You know, if, if it's not Auburn, I, I want to see a guy like Tim Elko uh, have success and, and do his thing. So uh, Auburn, obviously, if they win tonight, they will be facing that Rebels team and, uh, uh, in game one in Omaha. And not to look too far ahead to that, but I was going to bring that up. If Auburn were right. to win tonight, <laughs> they would play an Ole Miss team that they have seen already. So what would that mean for Auburn facing a, another SEC opponent with the caliber and the, and the talent of, of Ole Miss? Well, I think the, the, first, the first point is that you can't really look back at, at that first series back in March. I mean, that's just that's a wash. I mean, Ole Miss really wasn't playing that well. Auburn was kind of in the midst of just still climbing the ranks of, uh, in people's minds of, of baseball teams. And uh, a lot of things have changed since then, pitching rotation. And like I said, just Ole Miss getting a lot better since then. I mean, all three of those games were blowouts. Auburn lost two of those games by, uh, I think, double-digit runs. And the one game they won was by double-digit runs. So it, it's just something that you can't look back on and really use that uh, as anything. It's, it's a brand-new season um, as we get to Omaha. So uh, I'll be looking forward to it. It'll be interesting to see what the pitching matchups are. I don't, I don't know if uh, Auburn will be able to – I don't know who will be thrown for both teams, if it will be the Aces or not. Speaking to Jacob Hillman of the Auburn Sports Network, when you look at the slate of teams that are already in the College World Series, there's three from the SEC, a potential fourth with Auburn tonight, and then uh, and then also Texas and Oklahoma, teams that will be in the SEC in a couple of years. They are in Omaha as well. How will they, coming to the SEC, just strengthen the conference in, in baseball and as a whole? Well, I think I saw I saw a stat the other day uh, about Texas. Or I guess it was last night after they advanced to Omaha. It was uh, how many College World Series there have been with Texas and without Texas, and there have been more College World Series with Texas than there have not been. Thirty-eight and thirty-seven. Wow! It, it, Texas brings all the history with them. Oklahoma's a team that has had history as well, not to the caliber of Texas in baseball, but. Um, I think I'm going to go wide with this answer and talk about all sports. You look at what Oklahoma softball did. They had to play Texas in the Women's College World Series. You go to gymnastics. Oklahoma won the national championship. Uh, Texas, you, they bring the history in football. They're not there now, but you never know what can happen uh, with Steve Sarkeesian over there and potentially bringing them back up. It's just it's going to be a wild ride in the SEC when they do join, whether that's in 2025 or, or as soon as uh, – 2023 so we'll have to see what happens with that but uh it's going to be a you know it's going to be a fun time in omaha when texas a&m texas uh ole miss oklahoma all those schools are there notre dame and and i think auburn would just put the cherry on top as well arkansas is there as well well no doubt jacob hillman just to give you a score update it is three to two now uconn on top of stanford here come stanford they have scored two in the bottom of the first enjoy the game today enjoy the game tonight let everybody know where they can keep up with you my man yeah y'all follow me on twitter at jacob hillman au also uh tune into the auburn sports network broadcast beginning at six fifteen central tonight uh andy birch and brad law will be on the call absolutely they do a great job make sure you tune into that enjoy the game i'll talk to you next week my friend Yep, thank you, War Eagle. War Eagle to you as well. That's Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network as the Tigers get ready to take on Oregon State in Game 3. Winner to Omaha, loser, they'll head home. Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network. Big thank you to him, as always, here on the Monday edition of On the Line. Look, Auburn 
is playing good baseball. Auburn, I think, is playing better baseball than Oregon State right now. And as long as they continue to do that and they take out the the little mistakes, right? It was two little mistakes that cost Auburn the game last night. If they take those out and they play their brand of baseball tonight, I think Auburn's going to win. And I think Auburn could win by a couple of runs. But the bat's got to get working and you have to have the right mindset at the plate if you're Auburn. But great stuff from Jacob Hillman, as always. Talked a lot about... Uh, you know, talked a lot about Auburn's first two games against Oregon State, what they need to do tonight. Also talking about the Super Regionals as a whole and the SEC being so well represented yet again in a postseason. Well, let's take our final break here in hour number two. When we come back, I'll have final take and we'll wrap up the Monday edition of On the Line. Stay tuned. I'll be right back. Wrapping up the Monday edition of On the Line here on ESPN 106.7 in Fox Sports, Central Alabama and Birmingham and Sylacauga. Jacob Goins with you here for the next couple of minutes on On the Line, the show that tells you like it is and holds nothing back. Final take for today as I've got about three minutes before the drive with Bill Cameron and Dan Pack right here on ESPN 106.7. Final take is Auburn baseball is winning tonight. I don't care how they do it. I don't care if it's... 50 to 49 or if it's one to zero Auburn baseball is winning tonight folks it's happening I will speak it into existence Auburn baseball will win tonight I think they come out fired up I think they come out ready and it's going to be a battle I think it'll be back and forth I think it will be a great game from the first inning to the ninth inning and I just think Auburn baseball right now is the better team top to bottom on all aspects right now I think Auburn is the better baseball team when they go up against Oregon State. Now, for that to be the case and for that to happen, here's how. Here's some things that if Auburn baseball happens to be listening, here's what they need to hear from me. You got to have the right mindset at the plate. Do not go up there and try to swing for the fences every single time. Be patient, wait on your pitch, and learn the pitcher as fast as you can. They did that a good job last night. Right, they did a great job on that last night, but then later, late in the game, they were swinging for the fences, trying to to tie it up and win the game with one swing. You don't have to do that. Play smart, have the right mindset at the plate, be patient, and wait on your pitch. Defensively, you got to cut out the fielding errors. They've been pretty good, but last night it cost them the game, and I think they know that. Right, they don't need me to tell them that, but I think they know that. If you cut out those small errors. I think you will be in a great spot if you're Auburn baseball. You don't have to make every single play. Like last night, when when Auburn threw, when the pitcher threw over from the mound over to first and it was a wild throw, let him have first. You were going to have runners on the corners. Instead, you tried to steal the out, and you end up giving up a run. Be smart in the field. Don't make the throw if it's not going to be successful. When it comes to the pitchers, you got to start good. You got to start hot with your starting pitcher. Bullpen's got to continue to do their job and ultimately just play your game. If you can do those things, if you're Auburn baseball, you're playing better, you are better, and who cares if you're on the road? Embrace it. You're probably going to get down at some point in this game. I think this will be back and forth all night long. If you're Auburn, embrace it and know that you are on the on the verge of another College World Series berth. Again, since 2019. 
You were just there a couple of years ago. And like Jacob Hillman from the Auburn Sports Network just talked about, some of the guys on this team were on that 2019 team. Those guys have to use that experience tonight. Use their leadership, use their seniority, follow behind Butch Thompson, who will lead this team to just absolute wonders and high ground. Butch Thompson, follow behind him. Play your game tonight if you're Auburn. And I think they win. I like Auburn to win tonight and move on to the College World Series. Win or lose, we'll talk about it right here tomorrow on the Tuesday edition of On the Line. But that's it here for Monday. I appreciate you being here. War Eagle to you. Let's have a great game tonight. I'll be back tomorrow. Same time and same place. Stay safe. I'll talk to you later.